Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. Hey Girls Season 2. I'm your host, Bill Janice, and this is my fabulous friend and co- recurring co-host, Amanda Mooberry. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How, How are, are you? you? I'm good. <laughs> Look, we're coming to you live from the Hey Girl penthouse in Las Vegas. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Aren't you loving I mean, you know, I mean, I know it's a little extra. But oh, well, I mean, l- look at the source. I mean, consider that. Yeah, read the room. I mean, the, <laughs> literally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's my favorite color. You aside, it's my favorite color. So. It is. Oh my god, I remember that. So Amanda, yeah, when we used to live together, it was pink everywhere. We had a pink Everything. Christmas tree. Yeah, which I love. From do you still top, have it? Absolutely. Where do you put it? In my house. Well, no. I know that, but where, like, what room? I'm sure in it's the not living your room. It's your main tree. My, yes, my oh, husband it's your appro- main tree. Yes, my okay. husband approves. He does not care. And then I have a little itty bitty pink one that I put on my desk. But yeah, okay. and it's literally this color. It's gorgeous. I love it. Yeah. So can where did you get it? We need an, we need one for next Christmas here. It was called Treetopia, I think. <laughs> I'm seriously okay. I, it's online. I think it's I called Treetopia. All right, girl. I'll send you the link. Well, how was your... Ho- so we are, obviously, it's our first episode of season two. So wait, let's just cheers really quick. Cheers. We got some champagne. To 2021. Yes, right? girl. All right. Mm. Mm. You know, it's always cocktail hour here at the Hey Girl Penthouse. So wait, listen. We took a season break. We did. Season one went great. So proud of it. Thank yes. you for coming back for season two. Well, you didn't scare me away yet. <laughs> so, but since we we're already there, like, how were your holidays? Like we talked, you know, like we, we, I deliberately took off. I deliberately gave you the holidays off. Thank just, you. So you're welcome. You're a great and, boss. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's what we do. I mean, <laughs> they were great. They were hectic, obviously, um, because I work a full-time job and I have four-year-old twins, as I'm sure everybody knows, but it, they were fun. You know, it's just... I never believed in Santa growing up. So for me to recreate that magic for my kids is fun. So I take a lot of joy in that. And why didn't you believe in Santa? I didn't know this about you. I don't know. Why I, are you so skeptical? Well, no. <laughs> the funny thing is, if I ask my mom, I'm like, did you just not tell me about Santa? And she can't even give me a reason or excuse. So like, I don't know. <laughs> I just know I never believed in Santa Claus. Yeah. So like, it's so important for me, for my kids to believe, at least for the short amount of time. So... I don't know. We just, you know, the, obviously the pandemic, you can't do all the things you normally did, but I would try to find some activities and, you know, but it was fun. I mean, yeah. they have that, I don't know, you have like six years of magic with the kids. So yeah. I'm like <laughs> s- squeezing that dry as much as I can oh, to, I'm sure. to get that magic. So how about you? Oh, girl. Well, we had a couple parties here in the penthouse. I invited you to them, but well, you, you weren't available. I know. Um, but, um, which is, I get it. It's totally fine. But we had, we had a couple parties that turned into, um, like, all nighters. Partays. Partays, yeah. <laughs> and um it was <laughs> so on so on well, I think we decided that we were gonna make it a tradition to do like the, the holiday eves at, at the it. penthouse. Because everybody's kind of home for Christmas. Like yeah. people who live in Vegas, like friends of ours that that are f- from here but have moved away for whatever reason, yes. they're home because their families are still here. 
It, it felt kind of like coming. It felt like, you know, how you would come home when you were in college and you would come home for holidays Absolutely. and everybody was just home, you know? Yeah. And so everybody came over on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and we set up, I put, I kind of put everyone to work <laughs> and I had a little bit of ulterior motives, but, um, when we set up the tree and I, um, put, we put up like garlands up all up here and, yeah. you know, did the whole, we went full out. Festive. Right? Yeah. Um, and then, um, we, you know, ate and drank and whatever. And then of course, you know, it, girl, we like when I woke up the next morning, 10 champagne bottles later. Oh, at, at, at least. I mean, I think we went through, I mean, I, I mean, at least like it was something like at least two bottles of vodka, mm-hmm. a magnum of champagne, plus another two bottles of champagne, two or three bottles of wine, some beer. I saw some empty beer cans. I don't know where they came from. All, I, then, all I hear is we had a good time. We had a good time. So then, and then the same thing on Christmas, like we, you know, we did the, we did the whole thing again and then we started um, filming for our seasonal cocktail yeah. program, which, um, which I know you're, that you uh, yes. know about. And you, for those of you who don't know, you can check out our web, website at www.hagirlpodcast.com. Uh, we have, uh, wonderful cocktail tutorials on there from some of the industry's leading mixologists. So they're really exciting. So we did, instead of a holiday cocktail, we did a holiday cocktail. Oh, duh. Um, and our good friends at Heradura Tequila hooked us up with that and Fantastic. with a lot of swag and whatnot. So it's really exciting. Yay. Good so for good you. Time. So good yeah. time. Yeah. So it's just, now it's now it's time to get back to work. Yeah. You know, which actually feels a little weird. 2021. Really, really 20. Let's work. Let's, Let's work. I came to work. That's now, right. What's that one song? Um, you better work. Wait, no. no. <laughs> We're in different pages. Wait, but you're the singer. You're the singer. You can do it. No. Um, I don't know. What it's other? It's Sierra. I, well, I'm thinking of Sierra. Oh, um, oh. oh, fuck. Oh, sorry. I'm that's trying okay. To, I'm trying to watch my language. That's my... Oh, no worries. Is that your New Year's resolution? Yes, my, well... Did you have a New Year's resolution? Let's just get that out of the way because everybody wants to know. No, I don't. I didn't either. I don't have... <laughs> I didn't either. I think I I'm never, perfect. I think, so, <laughs> no, I think New Year's resolutions are overrated because they never happen and then you just end up feeling like disappointed in yourself so it's always a goal I strive to cuss less because I've got a giant potty mouth and I'm supposed to be a mother and well I am a mother but I'm supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be I'm supposed to be uh, I don't know whatever so it's always what I strive to but like that's a, that could be July and I'm still striving and obviously I fail most days of my life but I don't no, know I don't, did you you said you didn't have a no news? not really I mean I feel like I mean again this isn't meant to sound obnoxious but I, I mean it's say, from the same kind of train of thought that I, I just think it's it's not really something that I, I put a lot of stock in because I feel like daily the things that I know that I want to work on about myself is something yeah. I'm like Constantly. thinking about yeah. daily. I'm not putting it off until January 1st. That's exactly. I mean, and I love, I love <laughs> not to sound like I'm so great because I'm not, I'm not, I'm actually failing at a lot of those things, but I'm saying I, I, I'm only, I'm not only aware of it on January 1st. Is my yeah, point, you know? <laughs> that's me. I just feel like I tried to better myself. Once again, I fail often, but I'm trying to better myself on the regular basis. So yes, it is a nice start for the beginning of the year because usually the holidays is just a disaster and I all, every, all bets are off, but so it is a good reset for me, but I don't ever have anything like strict. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So let's talk about season two. So obviously we've got some, some new programs starting and we have, you know, our team is growing, which is great. We have an amazing video producer, Savannah Sear, who's been with us now for, uh, she came on board, I think in August. Um, and we're doing great things with her and she's, you know, running the website and she's running, um, video content. We have merchandise. So exciting. We have, we have two different Hey Girl shirts and we have Hey Girl wine glasses with that go along with our cocktail program. Uh, which I think is really exciting because these so cocktails exciting. are actually they're they're also like they're ele- it's it's a way to have an elevated cocktail experience at home. 
Absolutely. And Everybody's think, looking for that right now. At this point, you know, obviously I, I, I hate it, but we are still very much in the muck of, yeah. of COVID. Um, and you know, it's still safer to stay home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. And everybody wants a good cocktail and unwind. So I love that you've put that together for everybody. And oh, thanks, I'm girl. sure people will be drinking in your honor. <laughs> well, and I, I actually, I actually went to, and made a whole batch, a whole new batch of wine glasses last night at a friend's house. And I was trying to, um, I was trying to do it myself, like as opposed to ordering it from a vendor. Yeah. And it didn't work out as well as I'd like. So. <laughs> but they still turned out great, but they don't look as good as like the wine glasses we already have. Yeah. So I'm still going to sell those because they're very nice. But the ones that I, I got, and, and the only reason, they still they still look very nice, but they're, they're just, they're plastic. And I ordered the plastic because I just wanted it to be easier to ship. But I didn't realize until I got them in hand how thin of plastic they were. So I wouldn't feel comfortable like selling them like they're I feel like they're 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 going to be giveaways or they're going to be for the pool okay girl well I'm going to need one of those because I'm telling you why I love my plastic wine glasses because Rob and I take them when we do walks around the block <laughs> okay, perfect. with the twins at night and so I almost tried them. to get rid of them you totally should okay. and I tried to get rid of ours and Rob had about a fit he was like oh no he was like we need these oh so. before you they're in my car before you leave okay I'll get you some okay. and they're Deal. just they're the same size as the wine glasses we have but they're plastic so obviously they're good for the pool or for the walk yeah, um perfect. they're not dishwasher safe though that's all right um i can wash one and, <laughs> and they just say hey girl on it not hey girl with bill janice because once it once i was doing it myself that was too much work yeah. <laughs> to cut out the vinyl with the little bi the yeah. little bill janice yes. it was no no so they just say hey girl on it but i'm all about it i totally you should sell it because some people like me that need i figured they would the be block. good for for like i said for pool for when They're pool party season comes you know pool. Yeah. for hot tubs pools because yeah. you can't have glass so. orgies forgies whatever you know, whatever works <laughs> whatever you need so but yes and we've also um obviously we're filming right now so this is the debut moment of filming um Yay. not just recording the show we're actually for, for audio we're record we're, we're filming for youtube which is Exciting. I'm a little so excited. It's a little out of my comfort zone. No. So I'm trying to bring what it to you guys. <laughs> I like to hide behind my microphone. <laughs> I love because I'm so visual. Like when I I love listening to podcasts, but if I can visually look at it and listen to it, I do better. So yeah. I'm I'm excited you're doing this because okay. I'm such a visual person. So well thank you. All right. So listen. In an, in, along the lines of trying to, you know, come up with no, creative and innovative ideas to increase engagement and expand the audience in season two, <laughs> I did something that I, I'm still trying to figure out, Uh-oh. but God help me, I joined TikTok. Oh, <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us all. I mean, it's, it, it's just, you know, I, 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 I made a Hey Girl podcast account. You guys, I'm too old for this app. Like, I'm looking at it and I'm just like, like, I mean, I, you know, I can't believe we're finally there. Like, know. you know, we, we're the generation that actually was introduced to, so, to social media. Yeah. So we, I think maybe for a while we used to think, okay, yeah, like this we is our cool thing. Ones. Like this is our thing. We're the cool ones. And, and the fact, I mean, that was how naive of us to think that we would always be the cool ones. I know. You know what I mean? Well, if you feel any better, I downloaded TikTok at the very beginning of quarantine because I'm like, well, I'm going to need something to fill my days sure. with and entertain these kids. And I'm, I'm cool. I can, I can do a five, six, seven, eight count. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'm going to be so cool. And I do all these TikToks. I was on for about 10 minutes and I got so frustrated. I couldn't figure <laughs> anything out. Right. I'm like, where are all these things? What, how are people doing these dances? And what, and what button? I mean, and I was like, I literally deleted the app. I can't. Oh my God. Well, 
I'm old. Yeah. No. Well, and that's the thing too. And the, I, so then I. Oh, so then. Okay. So here's the thing. It's funny. My. I will say my perception is ha, is starting to change a little bit about it because I'm kind of forcing myself. Yeah. To do it because I do think you don't have to get into too much of the logistics, but um, I think I do think that with TikTok also being one of the newer apps, you know, there is a lot. There's a, a further reach. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I also know. Um, without getting too technical, I do know that Facebook and Instagram, obviously, which are owned by the same company, mm-hmm. um, have are constantly changing their algorithms. Yes, and um, it's it's getting ho- increasingly more challenging to reach even your friends. Yeah, and let alone 100%. somebody brand new. Yeah. You know, and um, I don't feel that TikTok has those res- as many restrictions yet. Yeah, it'll get there, yeah, but it's well. not yet. So I mean, so for all those reasons, um, you know, I'm trying to acclimate myself with it. I love it, powering through. But um, <laughs> but you know, again, so I w- I remember I think I texted um my best friend Peter. You know Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, I was texting him and I was like, oh god, I joined TikTok and he was laughing. And I said, I was like, it is in my first, my first reaction of it. I was like, it is a monumental waste of time. That was the old, that was the old person in me going, this is such a waste Mm -hmm. of time. And then also, you know, you're scrolling through and then you see people on there that are actually authentically talented, which is great. But then you see people on there that are, that I I don't know how they even walk and chew gum at the same time. Like, you're but then like, why would you, why are you filming yourself doing that? Like, or whatever it is that they're filming. And obviously there's, I'm being judgmental there, but it was just, I'm scrolling through and seeing this wide difference between people who actually had some, that people who were actually talented or funny or had something to some, some entertaining content. And then other people that are literally just turning the camera on and like swaying their hips back and forth with no rhythm. Can't even catch the beat. Wait, so did you, (laughs) so did you feel? film a dancing tiktok no i haven't done i haven't done one yet okay i'll be um, waiting for that well you're gonna do it with me okay yeah um i did i've put i a, can't push the start and stop button because clearly i don't know how to do that <laughs> but i'll wiggle my butt for you but no but just said it but and then there's another category of people that and it, i'm guilty of it too i get it i get it we are soci- society and just us as human beings we are drawn to good looking people <laughs> like we just are Duh. but the problem is is they like well, I don't know if it's a problem but well, yeah, maybe the, the fact that like when you see like like really really hot guys like with their shirt off on TikTok that cannot that have no rhythm but are dancing but somehow they have like 5 million likes yeah cuz they have abs yeah, it's so annoying. And, but I'm still watching. Yeah. But I'm also looking at it, going, they cannot, they Dance. can't even, yeah. they can't, they're not, even, they're not on the music. They don't have any it's a rhythm. Train wreck, and you can't take your eyes off of it. Yeah, and but the, but but I hope that they know that. Like, I guess there's my part, the part of me that makes me feel like, okay, great. Yes. We're, you have 2 million likes because you're, because you have a great body, not yeah. because you're talented. Can we keep that? Can we at least get yeah. that clear? Please. I hope so. <laughs> Which makes me sound like a jerk, but, no. and, and, and maybe I'm just jealous because I've never, I've, I've, I've wanted those abs forever and they yeah. never came. You know, even I when I was girl. performing full time, I had like a flat, tight, yeah. strong core, core, but it was never, I never got that defined, yeah. like ripped, Overrated. ripped, 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 ripped. The only other thing I want to talk about TikTok is that, so now this is actually really fascinating to me. Okay. Um, and it's not just TikTok, but it's, it's pretty much where we are in the world right now with social media. You know, when you think about it, and I'm just going to reference my life as a gay man, you know, um, when you think about, I think about growing up in the Midwest when I was a kid and just being closeted because it was just not widespread, socially acceptable. And you were also always wondering who else was gay? You didn't know. It was never okay to talk about. You didn't know who, you know, you, you didn't know which friends of yours could possibly be having the same thoughts as you either. Yeah. Your only hope was like the JC Penny catalog when they went to the underwear section is that you could look at like good looking guys in their underwear. You know what I mean? Like now the fact that there is an actual, there are actual social media internet 
platforms yeah. accessible to everybody that will alg- with their algorithm actually connect you to yeah. other gay people yeah. your your age yeah. it's what a benefit for them oh absolutely but of course and now I'm going to sound like an older person where I'm just like but they don't appreciate it because <laughs> they don't know because it's all they've ever known it's, that's you know? exactly it they don't have anything to compare it to yeah. like you grew up having those feelings and going through those emotions and they didn't thank God. Right. No. And that's what we've been working toward as a community. But it is true. They don't have the same perspective, nor will they ever. And guess what? You don't have the same perspective as an 80 year old gay man either. Very true. You know, no. And and you're right. And of course that is what I think the community has always been striving for, for is to get to a place of, of more widespread acceptance and, and even ideally to a point where we're not even talking about acceptance anymore, Absolutely. that it is just the norm. We're not even talking about tolerance or acceptance. Absolutely. It is just what it is, That's the goal. which is, which side note, which is one of the things that I, I have always loved about the show Shit's Creek is that they created that world where when the characters that were gay came out, it was never a discussion. It was just, this never. is who they are. Yeah. And as gay people, we're so used to seeing, even if it's a love story or an uplifting story, we're so used to seeing it through a filter or a lens of struggle. Yeah. Which is what a lot of our generation went through. Absolutely. And, and before us, even more. Like, we're standing on the shoulders of the people before us. Absolutely. But the fact that this generation is finally getting the first glimpse of not knowing struggle. They're getting the first glimpse mm-hmm. of, this is okay, which is great. But... Maybe I'm a little bitter that I didn't get to do, that I didn't get to have all of that. I mean, no, I'm not bitter. But it was just something that occurred to me while I was scrolling through because you would see so many people, like so many of the, these gay boys um, and girls and trans and everything and any everybody of all walks of life, you know, being connected and, and having they're building a community that it's okay, you know. And I'm yeah. seeing I'm seeing like boys like you know doing dances and like skirts, you know, mm-hmm. and just to show more acceptance for for anything or just because maybe that's their personal style and they like it. If I got caught, I mean, I used to put my sisters' clothes on when I was a kid when they weren't home. But if if I if they walked in on me while I was trying on her clothes, I would have been like mortified, yeah, and also yeah. punished, yeah, like very badly yeah. you know what i mean and the fact that they're putting this on the internet it's so the fact that they're so comfortable yeah. which i love now it, the, the sword cuts both ways because i'm sure that there's gonna there's some people that post things that you're like girl you should be posting that <laughs> you know what I mean? like you know like when you're a kid and you like write it you wrote on your trapper keeper yes. bill loves ryan yes. or whatever you know but you uh-huh. hope nobody would see it uh-huh. these kids have no fear yeah they're putting it out there yeah. they're like oh i have a crush on blah 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 blah, and i'm like oh is that how we do it now yeah then i saw today too I saw this really cute kid. I, I say kid. He actually looked like he was probably like 22 or 23, but you know, kid. And um, he, so he was having, and he used TikTok and I know he's not the only one, but he used TikTok as his coming out moment. And wow. he filmed a really great video and it was, and he had like, he was dancing with a rainbow flag and it was just so lovely. And it was just, it was a really kind of fantastical moment for me to look at and see how far we came. Yeah. But it, also, sorry, I was going to say as much as I judge TikTok because I'm old and I can't quite get on board with it. That's the world that I want to raise my kids in. 100%. So that makes me, that brings me joy that there are kids out there that, you know, like you said, like Shit's Creek, it's not a, you don't bring it up. It does. There's nothing to talk about. It's yeah. just a fact and yeah. it is what it is. And that is what I want for my kids. So that makes me, that makes my heart happy. Totally. Now again, but it's the sword cuts both ways. Like anything, then you see, but what's disappointing is that sometimes some of them use the platform to bully each other. And it's like, yeah. but, and that's when that, the older, more experienced part of my mind kicks in where I want to say, don't you realize how lucky you are? I you know, know. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. And I'm sure the people before us would want to say the same thing to us. Yeah. Blessings but, and curses. I mean, it, they, it, it goes both ways for anything in life. So yeah. as long as there's more 
good I think than there's bad. more good than bad. Yeah. I definitely do. And um, All right. I'll be waiting for your five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll do it. <laughs> um, but, you know, so it, it is all good. But so there's that. And then, uh, but I love it. So I'm still kind of trying to get acclimated to TikTok. So you guys, if you uh, want to follow us on TikTok, we're there and we're learning. And I'm sure it'll be, it'll be either really good or be really kind. bad. But I'm sure you'll enjoy both. <laughs> you know what I mean? You will not be able to take your eyes off it. So listen, right. any publicity is good, right? I mean, yeah. And like I said, it'll either be a train wreck or amazing. And I think both will be entertaining. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know I mean? And that's what we do, entertain. That's what we do. Well, listen, thank you so much, obviously, for joining us for season absolutely. two. You'll be back, absolutely. of course. Um, and I'm just so excited. I'm thrilled. So a couple, just a couple of last minute things I want to mention. Uh, I don't know if you saw that we are featured in this month's issue of Las Vegas Entrepreneurs yes, Magazine. It's so wow. amazing. I'm, I'm yeah. so proud of you. Thank what you. a great accolade. Oh, thank you. Well, no, you were a big part of it. And so if you guys haven't, Go check it out. Pick it up. Uh, we were listed as one of the top 25 podcasts of 2021 to watch. So cheers, cheers. to that. Yeah. And just a reminder, you can watch. So we're on YouTube now. We're And oh, obviously we're on TikTok. Um, but we're also on Facebook and Instagram. The website is heygirlpodcast.com. Check it out for merchandise, cocktail recipes, or to listen to any of the episodes. Thanks, girl. Yeah. Thank you, girl. All right, girl. We got a lot, of com- a lot to come in season two. I know. I'm super excited. Let's get it done. All right. Welcome back, girls. I am thrilled to be sitting here with a really amazing friend and talent. Uh, I'm proud to introduce to you Julian Luna. He is the Las Vegas account manager for Bacardi USA. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Does it, I just love it. It, it. You can't say hey, girl, without smiling. Yeah, it's <laughs> exactly right. Like, <laughs> I, could, I could have the straightest face and just want to have be like the worst mood and be like, hey, girl. Hey girl. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. You work for Bacardi USA. I know, obviously, from being in the industry, you know that that also has um, more than just the Bacardi brand. Like, you handle full portfolio. So can you kind of just tell the audience a little bit more about some of your other brands and, and things that you work on? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. So Bacardi is just the name. It's not only the name of one of the most regarded rums in the world, but it's also a family name, and under that family name lives a portfolio of such so many amazing brands. The one that we featured here today was Grey Goose and our new Grey Goose Essences, which kind of go along with mindful drinking, no sugar, no carbs, low ABV, because health and wellness is at the forefront right now. It's getting healthy on us, honey. <laughs> yes, I love it. Many of the other brands that we have here uh, you know, ex- extend to St. Germain, Bombay and its many branded martini uh, and Rossi with all their sparklings. Our new aperitivo is the bitter and Fiero all the way over to doers uh, into our scotch por- uh, portfolio. Angels envy with our bourbon and rye. We have so many brands under this uh, umbrella, but it's all done by a family owned comp- company that stems from Bacardi. Nice. I love that. And how long have you been with the company? I've been with Bacardi USA for three years now. Nice. I love it. So you love it, obviously. <laughs> it's your, I do. It's I, your family. It, it really is. And, and let me tell you, you're now part of what we like to call the La Grande Familia. Oh. Because what we tell everyone, and they really embrace this, and it's so heartwarming to me, uh, Bacardi USA really is a family-owned company. And, and it resonates through everything that we do every single day. To give you like a little bit of a story... Everyone still talks about the coronavirus today. We're still in it. We're still going through these really hard times. And one of the things that built up even higher respect and regards for this company 
um, than I already had before was when we were going through this, everyone was scared. Everyone's worrying if they're going to have a job. And, you know, the family themselves was like, we're keeping every single employee. Not a single employee is losing their jobs. And this was from the start wow. till now. Oh, that's well, that's really refreshing to hear. Yeah. I love that. So, it, it, you know, it warms my heart getting to showcase these amazing brands, you know, that many are all household names that they really have family values behind them. And that's so important to me. I love that. That's always good to hear. I mean, anytime there's, I mean, any, any company or corporation, it's always refreshing to hear that from, especially from an employee, because I, I don't, you wouldn't lie. <laughs> like yeah. You're really there. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I mean, it's crazy in these, these times too, where, you know, we're really starting to see during this pandemic, like, who really cares about people right now? And, you know, Bacardi USA, it's the second largest spirits company in the world. Like, for them to still hold those values is something pretty special. Absolutely. So today, we're going to focus more on the Grey Goose uh, brand and its line extensions, its new line extension, the Essence uh, series here, correct? Correct. You're actually one of the first people I'm getting to really talk to about this this brand, and it's it's very new and very exciting. I, I'm excited. You've been, you were kind enough to come in today and make a couple cocktails for us, um, part of our uh, you know seasonal cocktail series. This is this, these are for Valentine's Day, correct? Right. Okay. But you can enjoy them anytime. I mean, yeah, of course, of course. But we got Valentine's Day coming up, so so obviously we we have a, a YouTube video tutorial of how to make the cocktail, so you can make them at home. But why don't you tell us about them briefly here, just now? Absolutely. So I made one cocktail to go with each of the expressions, and they were all. Uh, simple enough for anybody to make at home. And I think that's one of the most important things that get lost in like the cocktail culture these days is, you know, you go to bars and you get these really elaborate, fancy cocktails, but how can you, you know, go, uh, go to the store, buy a bottle and then make it at home. You're now reliant on going to the bar. So I wanted to make a couple cocktails that anybody could make at home. So we started with the, uh, the first of the essences, the strawberry and lemongrass, Grey Goose Essence, uh, fresh lemon juice, strawberry puree, very simple. So you have a gray goose, strawberry, lemongrass, lemonade, essentially. Yeah. The second, moving into our, our, our second innovation, the uh, gray goose essence is watermelon and basil. I made a Moscow meal variant with... That already sounds amazing. Like, my mouth is already watering. <laughs> <laughs> you can make them watermelon and basil. It's, it just sounds very fresh. It is. Yeah. And, and you know, simple sometimes are the best cocktails. It yeah. allows all the flavors just to shine. You know, I love that. And I, I, I feel like I have to remind myself of that just in life because I'm always so extra. <laughs> hey, girl. Hey, girl. I mean, I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, like we, we're, we're, yeah. not, we're not subtle over here. Yeah. So I think sometimes I have to remember that simple is also sometimes a very right. appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's probably weird to bring it up, but like one of the busiest like fast food places is like In-N-Out Burger. And yeah. It, it, <laughs> And it's because it's simple. Because you're and, in and, and out. Just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Like yeah. they, t- they, there's, they, they tell you up front. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Sorry, and what was the third one? Third one is, uh, the third essence that we have is the Grey Goose Essences White Peach and Rosemary. Nice. So I made it just a simple with tonic paired with a little fresh sprig of rosemary. The effervescence really allows your palate to, you know, awaken to flavors. You know, a uh, fun little fact here is if you can't smell, you can't actually taste. So oh, yeah. y- your nose receptors are equally as important to your palate. So, you know, just adding a so simple element There's a lot of great aromatics smell. in yeah. this one. I love that. And these are very new, right? Like we're... We're getting pretty much close to an exclusive. I, th- I think it just yeah. came out this week, right? <laughs> I mean, 
we officially launched it last week. So. I love it. Well, we're going to pretend like Hagar hey got the first taste. Yeah. <laughs> In my mind. You're definitely the first podcast. I love it. There we go. We're, we're getting it. <laughs> I love it. Do you, do you mind if I ask? I don't know if it's, a, it might be hard, but do you have a favorite, personal favorite out of the three? Uh, so I do, but I'll give you two answers for this. One. Okay. So the first is the white peach and rosemary on its own is my favorite. I, it seems to feel like that's the crowd favorite, just on its own, simple mixer. But if you really want to get into cocktails, that the strawberry and lemongrass is my favorite in cocktails. And this is going to sound weird, but it came out so amazing when I tried it. I put it in an espresso martini. It was to die for. Well, honestly, thank, again, thank you so much. I mean, this is our Goose Girl Valentine's Day cocktail series. Do you think? Do you think that each one of them has like? Can we call one of each one of them a different mood? Like, there could be a love one for Valentine's Day, but there could also could there be a bitter one for like single people? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I would think like that white peach with the tonic is yeah. for the, the bitter single people. The bitter single people. Yeah, and maybe yeah. we don't. Call, maybe we don't want to call <laughs> them bitter, but we know what we're. I mean, I'm one of them. Hello. So. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, my birthday is the day after Valentine's Day, so I try to focus more on my birthday, personally, to take away from any sort of um, preconceived notion of you what I should be doing on Valentine's Day. You can the entire day. holiday. Right. <laughs> I mean, you're one of the lucky ones. If you were born on Christmas, it'd be yeah. a different discussion. Then you're getting robbed of presents. No, totally. I mean, and that's the thing. Like, when people try to say, oh, your birthday's by a holiday, I'm like, it is, but it's not, like, that kind of... Ho- like, I think holiday, I think of Christmas, you yeah. know, or New Year's, or something where you, you could get lost in the shuffle on yeah. your birthday. I don't really think anybody cares that much that my birthday's the next day. It doesn't ruin their Valentine's Day plans. You know what I mean? <laughs> anyway, so I love it. So also, you were kind enough. You, what did you bring me? You brought me some stuff so we, can, we have some giveaways for our audience. Yeah, I, I wanted to bring some giveaways for your audience. So we got a couple things here. We have these, uh, these uh, really wonderful pride hats. Love these it. These brand new LGBTQ plus Grey Goose shirts love that it. we just had done. These are brand new. I don't think anybody else in the market's seen these yet. Yes, <laughs> we got them. <laughs> Some of these fabulous uh, Grey Goose soda cans. The tins, yeah. Yeah. I love it. These are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Well, the, there's like a raised, I don't know if you guys can see it, but there's a yeah. raised uh, goose on there, which is gorgeous. Some Grey Goose cocktail shakers. Yep. Mm-hmm. And some some new uh, yeah the new some of the new essence the new essences yeah and I love it and we kind of just really wanted to drive home uh, what Grey Goose was with these essences and so the, you know we really care about sustainability Grey Goose is zero zero carbs zero sugar uh, there's no sugar glycerin added that some other uh, brands might use to instill flavor but we believe in just purity highest quality and that's why Grey Goose itself commands a super premium in the category. So just on in the realm of the LGBTQ community, I'm actually really curious. I I, I noticed that this is the first time you guys are, are printing uh, LGBTQ plus POS and you have like the rainbow logo and whatnot, supporting openly supporting the community. Um, can you tell us more about the decision of to do it now? Why now uh, as opposed to before? Absolutely. I think it comes down to with just learning, right? Um, it started out where, and we still are, we're very, very protective of the brand itself because we make Grey Goose for everyone, and that's inclusive of um, the LGBTQ plus community. So we didn't want to just always lean to to one occasion or one demographic. We always we, we created everything in mind for for everyone. We want everyone sure. to be able to enjoy Grey Goose, but but we're learning as well. So we saw how important marketing is and these sort of aspects and promoting and openly partnering with uh, different communities and. You know, multicultural and LGBTQ plus were to the forefront, very important to us. So we, we wanted to take a stab at it and do our run and show everyone openly that we are friendly and we are partners. 
Well, well, we welcome the support. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I know I love it. I mean, I also know, um, you know, you guys, uh, at least from my, from what I can recall, you, you don't uh, do a lot of POS typically. You, you're very selective about the the types of things that you do and the types of marketing that you um, create. Correct. Absolutely. Um, different brands in our, our portfolio actually um, regard that a little differently. But speaking to the Grey Goose brand specifically, Grey Goose has always wanted to be very elevated, very classy. Um, they don't want things to, to get in the way of the messaging where super premium, where uh, we're pure, it's very elegant, and it's all natural. You know, we wanted to always keep that messaging in line. So we're very selective of, you know, the POS that's creative and how we go about it because we're very protective of of a super premium brand because the second you start um, doing things that are offbeat or off brand too much, it sometimes it can devalue a brand. I think everyone can agree to that. You always want to stick to your same messaging because that's why people keep going to a brand and not specifically to spirits, but anything uh, people want to trust in uh, a brand and messaging. That's why they go to these name brands. And Greg has always wanted to have that. Sure. Well, the cocktails are great. I'm grateful for it. You guys, you definitely have to check them out. Check them out at www.heygirlpodcast.com because these cocktails are, they're refreshing. They're uh, easy to make, but they're not basic. Like, (laughs) (laughs) hey girl, girl. we're not basic up in here. This is, you know, these are, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. I think, you know, and you had kind of touched on it earlier too. It's what I wanted to do for these purposes. I wanted to create an opportunity um, for people to have an elevated cocktail experience at home. I, I love that concept. I mean, I've always learned when I was a bartender creating cocktails, designing cocktails, and doing cocktail competitions, it was less is always more. Yeah. You know, you can have 10 ingredients in a drink, but does that make that drink better? Right. Like, you want what you're putting in the glass to shine. Like, allow yourself to taste each and every individual ingredient. Well, listen, thank you so much. We definitely appreciate your time and generosity. I'm loving all the Gay Pride Apparel. And um, I can't wait to, to, to do more with you in the future. Uh, I'm excited, too. Anytime you want to have me, I'm here. All right, girl. Thanks. Thanks, girl. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> All right. Welcome back. We made it to the season two premiere of Hey, Girl. I am very excited today because I'm joined with a very fabulous guest, of course. She is a filmmaker, a writer, a dancer, a choreographer, a model, just all around just brilliant artist. She's like an everything type artist. You know, there's nothing she can't do. Um, But I'm thrilled to introduce Ebony Adams. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I know you just can't. You just can't say it without smiling or laughing after, right? You have to. Hey, girl. Right. (laughs) Or like, you know, purse the lips, like whatever you got. There's a little something. There's a purse slip and an eight poma. Right. (laughs) I can never tongue pop. Right. Hi. <laughs> Hi. Oh my gosh. Listen. All right. Listen. I have to I have to just tell everybody this story. I have to open with this story because it's just too much. So uh, I hope you don't mind if I tell. But Ebony was actually scheduled to be my very first guest back in season one um, when I didn't quite know what I was doing. <laughs> and I, we filmed it. And I, I don't really even sure remember did. what happened. We sure did. We filmed it, and we got some great content. But I don't even really quite remember what happened. But um, it wasn't usable, and it was my fault. It was something on the technical side. I don't remember if I forgot to hit record, or I don't remember if I. No, I don't think it was that. And it wasn't that simple. It was. It was. I just was using like the wrong software or something, or maybe I had too many programs running on my computer. I don't know. And it was affecting the audio. 
So I was like, oh my gosh, Ebony, I'm really sorry. I was like, can, can we try it one more time? And we, she was so gracious. She came back and did it a second time the next day. And somehow I messed it up again. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So then I was... So, no, she's been gracious. So that I was embarrassed to ask her to do it again for a very long time. <laughs> and I think the whole season she was like, when is my episode coming out? Yeah, I was like, when is my episode? Maybe he's saving it for the finale. Wait, the finale already happened. It happened. <laughs> so I have to just open with saying thank you so much for being so gracious and coming back a third time <laughs> to share your story because it is, it's, so, it's so fabulous. So, so let's Anything jump in. Listen, you. Ebony Adams. Okay, so you, <laughs> it feels weird calling you by your full name. <laughs> Ebony, <laughs> Ebony Adams. All right, <laughs> so hold on. All right, so Ebony has worked for, let me just list off like your very impressive resume here. Some of these highlights here. She's worked with Celine Dion, Gloria Stefan, Justin Timberlake, Lula Washington, Rob Marshall. She's, you've seen her on the Emmys. You've seen her on General Hospital. She's worked for the <laughs> LA Opera. She's choreographed for the Atlanta Opera. She's, you know, she has a short film called Grace that has won awards and been in, featured in many film festivals. She has a web series on Amazon Prime, and she's also working on some new films. So where do we begin? Where do we start, girl? <laughs> with, um, with you. No. The beginning. She's like, so I was born in Texas. No. So, uh, <laughs> well, let's just start with the, with the dance career. Let's just start there. Um, what was it, you know, that brought you? You and I met in Las Vegas um, many moons ago. <laughs> and um, tell me, tell me about. Uh, I think with Celine Dion was a new day. Was that your first? What you would consider like your first big dance job? Yes. Okay. Tell me, tell me about that experience because I think that I remember there's a pretty interesting audition experience there. Yeah. So um, I moved from I'm originally from Texas from Austin so after I graduated college I went up to Chicago and trained with Gus Giordano uh, Jazz Dance Chicago for two years on a scholarship program in the second company and I just knew I was going to get into the first company <laughs> I love you they didn't get the memo so, they, did, they, did, they didn't know but you knew <laughs> was that, no, wait, who was doing the second company was it Nan or or um uh, um, what's Amy? Was it Amy or Nan, or does it were they both involved? Both, but um, Eddie Campo was, uh, was over, over, yeah, overseeing it. Yeah, um, yeah, because we know some of the same people. Uh, I think we may have figured out that we were in Chicago at the same time, just never met or something. Yeah, like that. it was something like that. Okay, so I guess we should just let everybody in on the fun. Yes. <laughs> that, that no, yes, of course. I, I as I mentioned, Ebony, I obviously we've known each other for a while, but Ebony and I used to live together. <laughs> Ebony was my very first friend here in Las Vegas. We. So we, we both came from Chicago, moved here from Chicago, yeah. and but we had never met. But yeah, we kind of realized that our times had probably overlapped. But <laughs> I, I we met through a mutual friend when they knew that I was moving to Vegas and she was already living there with a house. And I was looking for a roommate. And we, we, we arranged the situation that we were going to live together without ever, ever meeting in person. Ever meeting. Ever yeah. meeting. I was and like... this is before like FaceTime and stuff. So we were just going <laughs> off of each other's voice. <laughs> And we don't even want to talk about that story. <laughs> we, uh, well, it's a funny story, but I don't know. Like, I don't, yeah. So, oh, are you talking about? Are you talking about because I thought you were a belt collector <laughs> that I didn't want to answer? Yeah, I'll tell it. Yeah. So basically, when she called, I I, I don't remember if I had reached out to her via email or or if I called first. I'm Willis not sure, introduced but, us. Willis. Yeah somehow yeah connected us yes yeah. and um when she reached out to me 
I didn't recognize the phone number, and I was a starving artist, and I assumed it was a bill collector, so I didn't answer. Oh, no, I did answer, but I pretended like it wasn't me, because I wanted to know who it was. Because she's like, can I talk to Bill? And I was like, I'm sorry, he's not available. And then when I realized who it was, I was like, okay, well, it was me. I just didn't know. Not a good interview for someone you're considering renting a room to. Oh, so, so yeah, so, um, anyhow, we, we have an interesting <laughs> and fun, um, history and a lot of really great memories. Yes, we do. Uh, we had a lot of fun at that house on Darmac. Yes, that was the house. Um, so, okay, so Chicago, Chicago. Okay, so it didn't happen the way that I had planned, and I decided to move to New York. I had family in New York, so I knew I could stay there. I stayed in Queens. Um, and I'm like, I'm going to be on Broadway. And then I auditioned for, I also, uh, to put this in context, I moved there a week before 9-11. So that was, oh, a yeah, that's a whole thing. thing. Yeah. And, um, that the day, that day, actually, I had a call back for, um, Saturday Night Fever. And I was oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. like, this is happening. Um, and, uh, obviously I didn't, I didn't go to that callback. That didn't happen. And I kept auditioning for anything and everything under the sun, received a couple of contracts, and then those fell through. And then I auditioned for a show that had, it was backstage. I love telling this story because this was before you could really scour the internet and find things. It was backstage, like the printed like the, the newspaper, the magazine. Like or the newspaper. when we used to read books. The and hard copy paper. publication. <laughs> yes, exactly. She's, she was swiping the page. She's like, how do you turn this yeah. page? Yeah, there was no swiping, swiping monitor or anything. There's no, yeah, exactly. There's no pinching it open to expand it, okay? This it was, was, it was like... Exactly. And for this particular notice, audition notice, you would have wanted to actually open it up, like zoom in, because it was all the way, it, it was on the last page or second to last page, which was almost felt like the classifieds. And it was a small, yeah, exactly. <laughs> which would be like, for those who don't know, that's kind of like yeah, exactly. only, only fans. That's like the yeah. only fan section of that. <laughs> and it was a small. Girl, are we that old? <laughs> that some people don't know. I don't know if some I people mean, know what we're talking about. We are not old. We are established. We are established. Yes. There we go. Um, <laughs> okay, sorry. So, sorry. So it was in the back and it was small print. It was not very, like, advertised is the point. At all. At all. And it said, you know, mail your headshot and resume for a new show, uh, Franco Dragon production. I think it said Celine Dion looking for acrobats, yada, 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 dancers, this and this and that. Were you familiar with Franco Dragon's work at that point? Just by seeing his name printed? No. Yeah. No, I was just curious. But I, did and then Celine was. I was Celine. I, well, no, no, no. I thought. Yeah. I feel like I thought. I've heard some people say it wasn't there. Her name wasn't on there. It was just Franco's, and some remember that it was. So maybe it was different in different cities. I don't know. Yes, I mean, so to also, we we ended up. If I'm jumping a little bit, we ended up being 50 dancers. Okay, so from all over the world. So when I would talk to like a good friend, dancer, friend, colleague of mine, Era, she told me that she auditioned a year and a half to two years before oh, I wow. had seen the audition notice. Gotcha, gotcha. Right. So, um, and she auditioned, she's Canadian, she auditioned in Canada. So, 
So I send my headshot resume. They explain that they'll contact you if you if they want to invite. If you you're to invited, yeah. If you're invited. If you're invited. invited. Yeah. Yeah, I melt my headshot in, and um, and then I remember receiving an email saying that I was invited to the audition. Audition process was different from any other audition process I've been in. It was an eight. It spanned over like eight hours. When we arrived, they had thirty, sixty people in the room, and <laughs> their announcement was. We are thankful that you guys are here, but just so you understand the process, it will be a long one. There's going to be several cuts. We will take you through a full dance audition and acting improv exercise. And then if you make it to the end, you will go through a voice exercise as well. Uh, you will have a lunch break. And just so you know, at the end of the day, there will only be three people that will make it to the end. And oh, this wow. Was, yeah. That's how they started the audition. Right. They, they, they just were managing your expectations right <laughs> yeah. off the bat, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And, um, and this was one of three days of auditions of like invited calls for uh, New York City. But they were Got hopping it. around. Yeah. And so essentially they were going to have nine people at the end of their three-day auditions in New York? Yes. Yes. To, to keep moving on? Okay. Yep. Yep. To keep auditioning in different cities. And so I was like, okay. Great. I'm just going to do my best. I have not, you know, it's at the point where you audition so much, you, you want you just to do it. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah. And each time I was, I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm I made the next one, uh, the next one. Um, okay. So, uh, the, the end of, um, at the end of the day, we were actually left with, I want to say six people, six. And uh, they were like just score. They had like a little score. Uh, sure. Yeah, like a little scorecard or something. Yeah. Scorecard. Yeah. And the we ended with the vocal evaluation, and then that was it. Took the train to the bus back to Queens in an hour, and I was like, okay, I'm done. Moving on to the next audition. Sure. Didn't hear anything um, for a while. Then heard. I then got an email saying, thank you so much for auditioning. Oh, this, I love telling this story too, because the first notice that I received was thank you for auditioning. We have fulfilled our, all the, all of the dance slots. We will uh, notify you if anything changes. So here we go. Rejection. No, so, yeah. You're just like, okay. all right, well, moving on. on. Yeah. Moving on. So I went on with the whole auditioning process, whatever I could find in backstage again. And again, I was living with my aunt and uncle and I walk in one day from uh, being in the city, taking class at Broadway Dance Center. And um, my uncle's like, hey kid, uh, someone from, uh, from Belgium called and I don't want <laughs> one from Belgium. Right, 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 right. I do. I have a really good girlfriend of mine, Nina. She's from Switzerland. We met right. training at Gus. You met at Giordano. Yeah, yeah. At Giordano, yeah. And I was like, are you sure it wasn't Switzerland? Uh, like Zurich? You're like, and Uncle G, I'm not that world. Yeah, you know, Uncle G. Yeah, Uncle G. Yeah, yeah. Uncle G. And I was like, uh, I don't know anyone from Belgium. And then I took a second and I was like, wait, I sent my headshot and resume to Belgium because that's where Dragon was based. And he's like, well, they said they'll call you back. And I ran upstairs, turned on the computer, and it yeah. took a long time. Because this was dial-up, probably dial-up back then. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I checked my hotmail. <laughs> <laughs> Just 
dating ourselves. Okay, Hotmail. At least it wasn't AOL. <laughs> there are people that still have Hotmail, though. So, um, yeah, and, there. Yeah, yeah. And there was an email from Dragon from Production. Dragon. Yeah. yeah. Saying wow. we would like to offer you a contract. And I was like, this can't <gasps> be real. This oh, I love it. Be real. It can't be real. And I love the story for so many reasons because I, ju- I graduated from college. There were times when I felt really low. I graduated with a BFA from Sam Houston State University. Um, went to Chicago on scholarship. Thought I was going to get into the second company of this, uh, of Giordano's dance company. It didn't happen. Moved to New York. Auditioning like crazy. No, 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 no. Yes, but the contract falls through. No, no, no. And then told no on this one. I keep moving on with my life, shedding tears. Like, what am I doing? Like, I have a student loan to pay. You know, maybe people are right. I can't, you can't make it as a dancer. And then you get this surprise of your life. So you could just never, even when there's a no somewhere there, there's a yes. I'm not saying for that particular job, but the no leads to other opportunities, whether it's something that you create for yourself or, or they actually do keep you on file. And right, right. That is a real thing. Things. It's right. a real thing. Do you remember when we lived together? I think I was going through a moment like that and where I, in my life and I kept saying that that was all the feedback I kept getting. I said that I was always making it to the end of auditions, but not booking. And I said I was going to write, a, I don't know if you remember this, I said I was going to write an autobiography called On File. On oh Yeah. <laughs> but you know what? What's so, what's so beautiful about that is that um, making, it, making it through the rounds and through several cuts still means something. Absolutely. It still, it still means something. Getting invited to the audition is still a win. It is a win. You're right. So, so it's especially for those auditions where you have to be invited. They're not cattle call. It's, absolutely. It's invite. Yeah. Absolutely. So now I look at any sort of audition I do, whether it is it pertains to dance um, or acting. The fact that I'm invited for me, I treat it as my callback. It's already my callback. I'm already winning. You know because <laughs> be, no, 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 no. But it's You're really, right. It's really a, a just um, shifting perspective because you, we also have to think about how many people were submitted for the job and that was a cut within itself. So I'm just grateful just to be in the room and be able to uh, dance and, and um, introduce myself to people and, and see what happens. Yeah. You know, one of the things I always loved about A New Day, um, I was fortunate enough because I knew some people in the show yeah. that, I, <laughs> that I that I was able to see the show quite a few times um, uh, as an audience member and obviously it was you know it was still remains one of my favorite live shows in Las Vegas um, and one of the things that I that always struck me every night um, was the the reciprocal and synergistic energy from you guys and Celine to the audience it was always appreciative it is, it's a, it's a, vi- a vibration I always picked up on. And Celine even would come out and say that in one of her scripted moments that she would say, we're all so grateful that you gave us a chance to perform for you. Oh, you yeah. You remember that? Before, I think it was before I'm Alive. The, the, uh, see, look, I know the show better than you remember. No, okay. <laughs> it opens and yeah. Right. Um, no, you, well, first of all, you can't help but feel that energy because of the way it's called the Coliseum. So the way yeah. it was built yeah. after the Coliseum where, um, you know, you have the audience members surrounding you in that half moon 
and um, and you have four thousand people in one place, and there's no bad seat in the house. No bad seat in the house, and that's you so know? true. I know people say that all the time about certain venues, but it is so true at the Coliseum in Las Vegas. Right. Any seat, even from the light booth. If you watched from the light booth, I was thrilled to be up there. It was. Right. It didn't matter. People think, oh, I have to be close and center. You don't. In that theater, you didn't have to. And that that stage. Let's talk about that stage. That stage was a raked stage. Talk to me about the challenges of dancing on that stage. Honorable Explain what that is first, and then tell us about it. Yeah. So there's an incline, right? So no matter where. So if you look at downstage, which is going to be closer to the audience, it tilt it tilted down, right? And then further up, it upstage, was downhill. <laughs> yeah, downhill. And then upstage, a little bit further away from the audience. the The reason for that is so no matter, and again, talking about there was no bad place in to sit in that um, theater is so that if you were downstage of me and I was upstage of you, we wouldn't be blocking each other because we're on a rake stage so yeah. that you can see the depth and see everyone. So that was really cool. It was actually my first time dancing on a rake stage. So it did take some getting used to. Um, I mean, I would imagine it, there were a lot of initial injuries while people were trying to figure out the lay of the land, the literal lay of the land. <laughs> well, the good thing is, is that um, while the Coliseum was being built, all 50 dancers, we didn't meet in Vegas. I had never even been to Vegas before that. We all met in in, um, in Belgium in a small little town called La Louvière, where Franco Dragon's production company is and rehearsal space. So we stayed there for four and a half months and we rehearsed and we call it's called creation because they're building it from the ground up. So they built a rake stage for us and those to sort rehearse of on. so that we could rehearse on it and get used to that for sure. Well, that's good. I mean, that's definitely helpful. Yeah. What do you think the benefit, I mean, talk to me a little bit from your own experience about what are the benefits and perhaps um, challenges uh, on the other side of the spectrum to being part of a creation as opposed to coming into an already established show? Well, I will say this, 50 dancers, we are all in creation and we, uh, Dragon asked a lot of us, right? So he asked for all of us to show up, which means that you have to be super vulnerable and really... And that's not easy. <laughs> no, it's not easy. You're in for a lot of us, this was a new place, like we've never been to Belgium. Yeah. With we, new people, totally. New people. If, if For, probably and, and, some people that didn't speak the same language as you. <laughs> absolutely. Like one of my roommates, Valentina, she was from Roma and only spoke Italian, but somehow always came to me for a translation. I don't speak Italian. <laughs> Girl, you English. barely speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I speak American English. Right. But she'd be like, hey, Bonnie, what did they say? Uh, and I'm like... We have rehearsal tomorrow at three. You were one of, you were one of those people that just decided to translate by speaking slower. Well, well, well I, I didn't understand why. I realized that every every other like English speaking person there, which I feel like I speak really fast, but I guess when I would talk to her, I would slow things down, and she's like, "You're the only one that I could understand." Oh, that makes sense. That's sweet. So, Girl, so, you remember, uh, not to digress, but you remember yeah. that one time me and you were talking at like Alejandro's house and his boyfriend who only, did, only spoke a small, a small amount of English and you and I were talking and 
It basically that helped me tell the story, but it was basically yes, you and I both talk fast, and then we also feed off each other. So, yeah, like, so, so we, like, we were going. Yeah. yeah, this poor guy There's didn't no understand us. Yeah, this poor guy didn't understand us, and we weren't doing it to be rude. But then, like, I think when we when he said something, and I was like, he he actually said he's like, you guys are too fast or talk too fast. And I was like, oh, he doesn't know what he's saying. Like, <laughs> he's like, no, you two talk too yeah. fast. And, and I think he also said too much. <laughs> I, I, that's probably too much. That's probably what it was. Yeah, he probably was like, you guys talk too much. And I was yeah. like, oh, he's so funny. He doesn't under, he doesn't speak English. He doesn't know what he's, he's saying. Like, what, but I know for sure that you guys haven't taken a breath since I've been here. And I've been here for two hours. <laughs> Don't know what you're saying, but breathe. 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 <laughs> so, so yeah so so yeah going back, back to creation to, back to creation yeah. going back to creation being super vulnerable and um and so you are trying to get seen right 50 dancers this is what i can do and also dancers with different uh skill special sets. skill sets yeah, yeah. um so that part so it's was, almost like people don't realize, like, even though you booked the job, there's still another door. There's still another test. There's still another, I'm telling okay, you. I'm in it. Now I have to prove that I belong here. Exactly. I have to keep proving that I belong here. And I think that that was part of the challenge um, is being a part of a new show with 50 dancers working with Franco as the choreographer and collaborating with Mia Michaels. Uh, uh, Franco as the director, excuse me, and Mia Michaels uh, collaborating with her as the choreographer sure. and with our ballet master, Jean Emile. And just, there's Jean so Emile, much, yeah, there, yeah, there's so much input um, and so much feedback that you're giving. And once, and when you're on, you need, well, when you're called, you need to be on because yeah. it would work like this. They turn off all the lights uh, in, in our little black box theater and, um, Franco would be on the God mic and he'd say something like Ebony and he'd call your name. You're standing in the center of just this black box. Sure. All the other dancers that you do not know. You're not, you're not friends. You don't know each other. You're all new. It's the first day of school. And he would put on his favorite music, whatever that was. And he'd say, who are you? You're, and and then yeah. you're like, am I supposed to slate Ebony Adams from Austin, Texas? No, yeah, He's like, no, bitch, it. not literally. He's like, yeah, yeah. show me who you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> show me who you are through movement. And, wow. and so, yeah, so that was so, and being younger. What experience, and though. I'm telling you, I am telling you, it like, it is so raw and so vulnerable. And um, you, you just... You can't hide behind any curtains or anything, right? Do you, think, do you think that with that experience that you even found out things about yourself you didn't know? Uh, yeah, I did. It definitely, I have to say, brought up an insecurity. So something that, or insecurities. Yeah, I mean, it would for me too. I would imagine it would, yeah. Right. So something that you said earlier, which was, um, you know, there are other steps after you book after you book, after you, you have the get contract. Get the job, yeah. Get yeah, the contract, get, yeah. Get the contract, get the job. And because this was so brand new and they didn't know, they were also, we were all collaborating together and co-creating, they didn't know what they liked until they liked it. Right, right. right? Whereas when you go into an established show, it's been running for a certain period of time. They know what works. So when you're auditioning for, you know, to take so-and-so because, you know, she fulfilled her contract and she's right. moving on, 
there's already a structure there. So when sure. you, and you have just, to fit that mold as opposed to exactly. So, but don't you think that's also kind of exciting? Like as a performer, I mean, it's, I'm sure obviously it's, it's, it's challenging. It's exciting, and it's but it's scary. Scary. It's also yes. scary because every day then did feel like an audition. It's like, yeah. oh, whoa, 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 wait, this is not over. And right. so it kept you, it kept you really present. And I think that that um, was the most important thing that I got from it. Is it really just um, uh, helped me grow and mature as an artist like that, where yeah. you don't have this sense of complacency. Like when it is time to create, you need to be present creating, whether it be you being called up on stage or what he would do was call several people. Again, you don't know them. And now he's like, who are you? And now you have to create on the spot and it either works or it doesn't. And you would know if it worked, if you stayed up there for a, a second song and he added more people, or if he said things like, thank you, Ebony. <laughs> oh, okay. <Ooh. laughs> like no, no real feedback except for you have to read that it is the thing. What, what would he say if he didn't like it? Would he just say, okay, never mind, go away? Like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> he, he, would say, he would just say thank you. And then you would go and you'd watch him build and um, everyone build together. And then maybe there was a movement, something that you did. And he was like, just repeat that, do that over and over again. And it's like, whoa. So um, it, it, was, it was a test. It was a great test. I think it set me up. And you know, as a dancer, and I love being a dancer. I love dancers. Um, I love dance. It's, you have to, as a dancer, just be super fluid and pliable and and balancing something he would say is balance the stage and so he would have us all go on stage and then all of a sudden maybe stage left is is just crowded and only he's like figure it out balance the stage and i think that that has helped me through through life like adjust you just keep adjusting yeah i love that perspective yeah i love that What was, okay, I'll have to, I have to ask this because I'll be, I'm sure my, some of our listeners will be mad if I don't. Okay. Um, what can you tell us? Can you give us any tea, fun or, or not? I'm sure most of it's fun because I, I, cause I do know you personally, but tell me, tell me what it was like, sum it up, what it's like working for Miss Dion. Miss. Celine Dion. Dion. I mean, she was always very, she was always very in, um, interactive with you guys, even off stage, right? Absolutely. So that's the other thing that was new for me. I'm like, okay, we're working with this amazing artist. What is she going to be like, like in person? When was I it? Know- was it like three or four months before you met her? For, like into creation or what, what was that um, timeline? I think it was like a month and a half. She okay. actually surprised us in Belgium mm-hmm. at a rehearsal. Yes. So she surprised us and she was everything all. And people ask me this all the time. Like, so how was it working with Celine? How, like, what is she like? And all of the loving, fun energy, enthusiasm that you see on screen is her 1000%. I just, it is authentically who she is, who I knew her to be, how I experienced her. And because we did the show for so long, I just, I'm like, I don't know how you would be able to pretend that. That for so long. Yeah, exactly. So that is is who she is. 
just an amazing, um, she was, just, but she was as giddy and as excited as we were. Sure. Because this was Nobody new. had done a show like that before. Right. So this was also very new for her. So, you know, it was her first day at school as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's something that's important to point out and remember as well is that, I mean, we're at a point now in 2021 um, that we're used to seeing headliners do big elaborate residencies in Las Vegas. But what people need to remember is that A New Day was the very first one to do that. It was the first time that somebody said, okay, do we have, do we have an artist? Do we have a headliner and all the other pieces, the dancers, the the musicians, the the technical, whatever, do we have a formula here that is going to encourage people to actually get on a plane yeah. And come sit here and watch this as opposed to like an arena tour where the artist comes to you. They come to your city and you go see the concert. It, right. was, a, it was a concept that was, I think, I mean, obviously it worked it, and it only works with the right formula, with the right person. But it's, but I think, I still think that nobody has done it on the level Celine did in the level that you guys did it with a new day. Even though when she came back, she didn't do as many dates. And now you see, you see headliners kind of rotating in and out on their residencies in shorter blocks. You guys were full time, like we five days a week. Time. We were full time. And also, I mean, we're competing with, with Vegas. People go there to gamble, right. not to watch shows. If you want to go see an amazing show, you go to New York, you go York, to Broadway yeah. or Paris and, or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, a lot of us thought like, are we really going to pull this off? Like we get like Celine Dion is a huge star, but right. we're competing with the whole gambling industry Four th- 4,000 seats, like 4,000 4, seats. Yeah. <laughs> Five nights a week. For, yeah. For 90 minutes. That's really going to happen. <laughs> For 90 minutes. But then okay. what, wasn't it great? What, oh, sorry. I didn't mean, go ahead. Oh, no, no. But also the other part of this is I I just knew what I knew about Vegas. It was also my first time experiencing Vegas as well. Right. So um, opening night, you're like, it's opening night. Um, And originally it was a two year contract that was signed that we all signed. We're like "Uh, two years. We're going to go strong with an option to add years up to three years after that each year. So the opening night, the first week, we're like, we did it. But to go into year three and year four and have sold out shows is it's uh, it's mind blowing. It's humbling. And um, it's incredible because something that you mentioned before, no one had ever done this. So we were the first one. Celine was the first one to take that leap. Um, Franco Dragon to take that leap and um, and make it happen. And, yeah. it, and it literally paved the way for Elton John. We shared the, the stage when we were dark. Uh, Elton John also played the Coliseum. The, the million Ryan dollar piano or the red piano or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gloria Stefan, whom I got yeah. a chance to, to dance with on that stage because not everyone understood how to dance on a, you know. On a rake. On an incline, yeah. Yeah, on an incline. Um, and then you have like the J-Lo's, the Britney Spears. I mean, the, the, the list goes on of how many people came after us. Right. So I'm proud to be a part of, of a show like that. Where we're like, we're the originals. We're the you OGs. Are. You're the OGs, huh, T? Oh, no, you really were. And yes, and I mean, even when I arrived in Vegas, and then and then we'll move on uh, but uh, from passing Celine because we have so much more to cover with you. But yeah. I remember even moving here um, 
I think it would have been in maybe your third or fourth year of the show. I, I, I'm trying to just figure out the timeline. But either way, you guys were established. You knew, and I'm just to your point, it was, you guys were so respected. Like, it was very much known, especially within the inside performer community of like oh those are the a new day dancers like oh my like they're killing it like you know what i mean like like everybody wanted to be in that show you know what i mean right. so, um and it was such a great show you know what i mean and it was just so much there was there was a lot of respect is all i'm saying and i think there continues to be for what you guys did so bravo absolutely and i mean we also respected the shows that were there because because Celine was singing live, we could only do one show a night as opposed to all of the beautiful and amazing Cirque shows and other shows that are are um, there that are contracted. We were doing 12 shows two. a week. <laughs> yeah, two shows a night, yeah. So um, we were the new kids on the block and we were certainly spoiled in that regard. Uh, but we, we appreciated all the other shows that were established in there. Yeah. Well, I always loved it when I, when you guys would come and watch watch my show from the light, <laughs> lighting booth. A couple times you guys came. We love we I, you know I loved it. I, I, that was dancers love time. dancers, and yeah. they and, and being a part of a show for so long, you want to see what other people are doing, and you're when sure. we're impressed with the things that everyone else is doing on the on the strip. You know, absolutely. So, yeah. All right, so Las Vegas for you were here for five years, correct? Yes. Maybe a little longer. Yeah. So five. then we moved to L.A. Yes. Um, talk to me about the web series Consequence, which is on Amazon Prime, I believe, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. So um, from Vegas, after the show, the contract ended, a new day, um, I moved to L.A. I had been going back and forth from Vegas to L.A. whenever we were off from the show and auditioning and had the opportunity to work on some really cool gigs, um, really cool projects, uh, one being with... Um, Tony Bennett. It was an NBC special to celebrate his 80th, 80th birthday. Oh, I can't remember. Ah, uh, 70th birthday. Um, Tony Bennett, an American classic, working with Rob Marshall. So I had my foot in Vegas and then in LA. So I made the decision. You were setting yourself up, honey, for success. My, yeah. Well, you know, I thought I was going to yeah. New York. I actually thought I was going to move back to New York, but I was auditioning so much in L.A., I was like, oh, let me go to L.A. and um, do this acting thing. Let's, let's see what all the buzz let's is about. check it out. <laughs> let's check it out. Give it a little, get, dip our toes in the water. <laughs> right. And um, it, I, now I've been here for quite some time. <laughs> for like, like 13. Like, I'm going to my 13th. I, I, I almost said 15, but I knew it was too much. But yeah, so 13. Yeah, yeah. Bravo. Yeah. 13 years later, um... I am really focusing on the on the TV and film industry, and I had an opportunity to be a part of a web series called Consequences. So it's a really cool web series where our tag is con men with a conscience. So uh, we still from, you know, the people that are doing are not doing right by people and we give the, the money back. Um, and I was brought on as a co-producer and also as an actor. And I play uh, the role of Iminafi, which she's known as a chameleon. And so we finished um, season one about two years ago. And I'm so excited because it's on Amazon Prime. So you can check out season one. Season two is in post-production. And I got an opportunity to direct the uh, 
the third episode. So we're, oh, we're how waiting. wonderful. Yeah. So I it's love really that. Exciting. Yeah. So you also have had a lot of success with your, was this, I believe it was your first short film, like your first attempt at writing director, everything, producer, everything. And whoa, I mean, the amount of um, success and attention and great reviews. I mean, this film, it's called Grace. It was, it's been part of so many film festivals that I can't even name, list them all. Um, but it was part of the Pan-African Film Festival, the Bronze Lens F- Film Festival. Um, it was uh, shown on Indie Night at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. I mean, how amazing is that? Like, to have your film on the big screen. But so talk to me a little bit about, like, the be- from the beginning. What was the inspiration for that? And tell me what that experience is like. And now tell me, now that we've been about a year out from, I think, a lot of the things that a lot of the um showings of it in some Mm -hmm. of these festivals what's the post life of grace been like yes um okay so grace is near and dear to my heart the inspiration behind um this short film was my grandmother my mom and my grandmother and my grandmother has dementia and a few years ago um, she started showing signs of it it hadn't been diagnosed yet And I just remember hearing my mom talking to my uncles, her brothers, about, you know, what do we need to do? How do we get her evaluated? Is she going to move in with one of us? Uh, What does that look like? And um, Like some serious, yeah, serious life changes here that we got to sort out. Serious life changes. Um, At the time, she was 94, uh, which in March, she is turning 96. Seven? Am I right about that? I, maybe 98. Um, and uh, she was living by herself and was self-sufficient. But as these signs started to, to um, reveal themselves, they had to make a tough decision of how they were going to handle what was the best way to care for her. Um, so they, they felt that the best way to care for her was to put her in an assisted living facility that specializes in dementia. Um, so it got me to thinking about my uh, immediate family and what would me and my siblings do if my parents needed assistance. And so the question popped up, who will take care of your parents once they age and will it be you? Right. And um, my sister and my brother, they are parents and I am not. I am single, <laughs> I am not. And after asking like friends and even strangers, hey, you know, who's responsible for taking care of our parents as they age? And nine times out of 10, the answer that came back was, well, if you're single, if you're not married, if you're not in a partnership with someone, and specifically if you don't have kids and a family of your own, then you're responsible. So my short film really explores this um this day with a woman named Grace and her struggle of having to care for her father who's suffering from dementia along with trying to pursue her, her, her dreams at her life. So being single, uh, being a single woman, uh, at, a being a it's certain hard for us single girls. Yeah, it's, it's hard for us <laughs> single girls. <laughs> because you're constantly asked, like, you know, are you, are you married? Like that's or you know, why don't you have kids? And people what sometimes point, feel really quick, so, what point did it change from are you or do you have kids to why don't you have kids? What, what do you think? Oh what gosh. age? 
I, I, honestly, I want to say that it happened not after college, but a few years after that, because so like super early. So yeah. Okay. Because I'm from Texas. So, um, you know, there are just parts of, and it depends on what you decide to do for your career. Right. So there are people that believe or just take, they take a different path. That's all I'm saying. They take a different path and from mine. And so the path is you go to school, you go to college, you meet someone, you get married, you get the job, you get the house, you have kids, you have the kids. Yeah. You, you have the kids. Yeah. And, um, that wasn't the path that I chose for myself. Like I, since a kid, I knew that I wanted to dance. I wanted to um, perform. I knew I wanted to tour the world. Yeah, I and you've I done it already. I love yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be on on big stages and and um, you know and work with artists. And I, that's the vision that I had for myself. That didn't mean that family wasn't important to me, but I knew that this is where I saw myself. And, and that would come later in life. Sure. That makes sense. Um, but what, so, but I'm, so to your point, I'm just saying that's, there must've been a lot of complexities to explore there in the film. Yeah, it's, abs- it's- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, so the feedback that I've gotten just from the film, I haven't lived it firsthand. I'm thankful that both of my parents are, are healthy and don't need that assistance. Um, but in screening my film, there were it followed with Q and A's from audience members that were so vulnerable in sharing their experience of being a caregiver to their parents, and so the, the it's so layered of having to take care of your parents, someone that raised you and that's been the authority figure, and now you are having to care for them sometimes in terms of whatever they're dealing with. Um, uh, I'll speak specifically with um, dementia. You're having to care for them as if they are your kid, you know, and um, that that is I I feel like a huge challenge and something that um, audience members would express. And then also having to deal with the family dynamics of now you've been appointed and there may have been some resistance towards that uh, of taking on this responsibility and also some resentment within the family. So there's a lot of layers to it that it um, just me, the 16 minute film kind of touches, it doesn't go completely there, but it opens up a really important and poignant, I think, question is who will take care of your parents as they age? Will it be you? Yeah. And, and, and what does that look like? And, and I'm my thought and my um, intention behind it is not only to bring awareness to dementia, it's also to bring awareness to caregiving and that caregivers also need support. They do so much of the supporting that they also need this support and also getting families to talk about those transitions and those hard conversations before they reach that point. So while everyone's healthy, let's talk about it. What, where's, is mom going to live with me or with you? Who's going how are we going to take care of this financially? What about dad? So let's talk about these things while we're all in a healthy mental, um, place and physical place. Yeah. So tell me what it, I mean, <laughs> this might sound like a, a silly question, but I, I'm wondering if you can articulate for me what it must have felt like or what it did feel like, excuse me. Um, when, 
you do you make this film, you create this film, you go through you go through that own journey on your that own internal journey yourself to write it and to explore all the layers that you just described. Now you have the product. You've birthed it. And everybody's loving it. Can you articulate for me what that felt like that, that all the all of the film festivals, all of the showings, all of the feedback, the Q and A's, the people being vulnerable, um, people telling you how it affected them. Tell me what that, how rewarding must that have been? Uh, I feel so grateful. And actually, it was a humbling experience because the film was written um, from a place of, oh, I'm not getting any auditions. So I'm going to write a piece for myself. I'm going to star in my own film. And it was now in retrospect, looking at it, that was so, um, it's so surface, you know, it was just like, I'm going to write something for me to showcase my talents. Um, and then understanding and being inspired by, uh, by the dynamics of my, my mom and her strength during this difficult time and having to understand like, what's the next best thing to do for her mom and for the siblings to come together that uh that that brought it depth and and um and made it personal but it wasn't until going so writing it and going to my first film festival pan-african film festival and being nervous and hoping that the audience i mean we had a full house i was in a in a block um so an hour block with other filmmakers female filmmakers I love it. That were incredible and so inspiring. Some, for me, this was my first time showcasing something like this for a couple of other filmmakers. They were like veterans at this, right? Right, 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 right. (laughs) And the feedback, it was really, I'll give you one quick story. It was like, we, we did it, you know, like it actually happened. And this is deeper than just me being on film and being on a poster and promoting. This is touching, this story is a snapshot into people's real lives. And after the film festival, I was walking around and there was a, there, I walked around this um, shopping mall area that was just right next door and a woman stopped me and she goes, oh, you, you uh, made the film Grace. And I was like, yes, oh, I was there. Um, I wanted to ask you a question, but we ran out of time. And for 45 minutes, she opened up and shared with me about her experience of being a a caregiver and just being able to watch the film and the struggle that, and the, the the struggle that caregivers have because they're not necessarily, there's not a space held for them to talk about their sadness because and they're holding so much space for the person they're giving care to. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that just opened me up in a way that there that this this film um, is bigger than me. It's, you know, it's it's bigger than me. It is it's affecting people and impacting people and inspiring people in a way that makes me makes me proud. So that little seed, you know, blossomed into something bigger than what what I had dreamt of. Um, yeah. So do you think you'll write a sequel or some sort of continuation to the story? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely been in my heart to, um, expand the film. Um, the, the film, like you said, 
it's my baby. Yeah. And it took a lot out of me. It did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I get it though. It's so true. I didn't true. realize, I didn't realize like how much it, 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 um, it's, it's, cause it's more than the physical work. It's more than just the physical work. Yes. It's, there's so much emotional, um, things to work through there. I'll let you right, right, yeah. right. So, so yes, um, it has been, uh, we're going back to square one. The short film has done well at film festivals. It's, uh, I, I love the feedback that I've received and it's been the thing that's given me the inspiration, all of the, the positive feedback and the energy to then sit down and develop it into a feature film. Because I, I still truly believe that this story just doesn't begin and end with this short film that um, we need to explore really in depth what that looks like in, in yeah. exploring family relationships exploring how did we get here, all of those things. So it is in development for a feature film. Yeah. Yes, honey. All right. Well, so listen, let, you also have a couple new projects that you're working on. I want to give you an opportunity to, to tell us about those. Yes. Um, so uh, one in particular, we are in pre-production. We start filming, I think, next week, next week, the end of next week. Um, this one's really fun. It's a short film. I'm acting in it. Uh, written by Jalen Young, and it's going to be directed, female um, director, Emily Mills, I love it. And um, the film is called Boo Hag or Shadow Man. Okay. And the genre that it's in, which is going to be new for me, it's uh, part thriller with sprinkles of comedy in it. Someone called it Com Riller. Com Riller, okay, okay. Listen, we make up. You and I make up words all the time, so I'll yeah. I'll take it. You know. What I mean? Yeah, and um, yeah. So I'm really excited about this. Um, I play uh, this really um, cool chick, like kind of influencer. I'm an influencer uh, that works in the supernatural world um, in terms of like manifesting and abundance and reading people. So is, um, it, is it witchcraft or is it more of like a medium or is it more of an intuitive? Like what, or is it all of the, all of it? it, it let's call it all of the above. Okay. We're not going to, we're not going to put it in a box yet. And I okay. Play, oh, I like it. Yes. We're not going to put her. She's still in creation. She's in creation. Everybody. Right. Ebony, who is she? Who is she? <laughs> oh, yeah. In this film, I play um, Aisha and she is just so much fun. She's all the incense and oils and, uh, saging that yes. you that your heart desires, right? I love, yes, girl. I need Aisha needs to come over to the penthouse. We need some saging action up in her. Yeah, honey, so. uh, I'll work right out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> about it. Um. Right now there is um, bless you. Um. Thank you. Right now for uh, the short film there is a GoFundMe and an Instagram. So you can go to Boo Hag or Shadow Man. That's the Instagram, and then um, the GoFundMe is Boohag, and I'm sure that we'll um, put up a link later. Yeah, I'll, put a, I'll definitely put a direct link in the description yes. of the episode, but um, and, but I'm sure, obviously, if they go to your page or, or that page you just listed, there'll be direct links there as well. Um, yes, absolutely. I love that. How exciting. I mean, I, I'm just so proud of you. I mean, you've done so much amazing, so many amazing things since moving to LA, and I mean, when I met you, you were already amazing and successful, so I'm, just, I'm, proud, I'm, proud, to, I'm proud to call you a friend, girl. <laughs> 
princess girl. I am. I'm thankful for all you. You know what? I just love you, Bill. Because you, be, I, I mean, I love you for obvious reasons, but uh, one in particular is that you always give people their flowers, and you give them in that present moment. You're not waiting for. You know, you just you're so supportive and so encouraging. So I I have to say that I hope that I'm giving you those same that same sort of energy back and those same flowers because you, I mean, hello. Thank you. You are are also amazing and always in creation and always reinventing who you are and redefining, redefining who you are. And I think it's important for us to do that, especially during these times when we're in a pandemic and everything that we knew shut down. So you know, or being taken away or something. Exactly. You know, yeah. exactly. Well, it is. It's, it's interesting because, you know, exactly that. It's like, you know, we can even sit here and realize that it really was. We joked about it at the top of the show a little bit. It really was almost to the day a year ago that we did this yeah. original interview. And of course, at the beginning of, of the pandemic, all of us were hopeful that it would, it would only be a couple months inconvenience. But we're still we're still in it, and I think that it it is it really has, you know, forced everybody to have to re-strategize. You know, right. what I mean, right. so. But you to know, balance the stage. I think though, as I, I really do think, and I, I hope this doesn't come out uh, come off as any sort of uh, obnoxious uh, statement or self-serving statement in any way. But I just think I do think that us as artists, not just me and you, but just our community, I think that. I think that we're programmed to handle this type of thing. We're programmed yeah. to handle re-strategizing in the moment. We're programmed to handle rejection. We're programmed to handle, okay, this isn't being self-aware, saying this isn't working, and now I need to figure out how to make it work or how to get there in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you're... Or at least you're, that's what we strive to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, I will say this. There was definitely... I had to realize for myself, I'm a pretty optimistic person. Yes, you are. So even during this p- pandemic, uh, when it started, I was just fresh off of a job. Like I was flying from Atlanta back to LA and I was like, ooh, I'm ready to go. Let's, was let, that let, the let's opera? Do this. The opera? Yes, yeah. yes, working for Atlanta Opera. And during that month there, so in February of last year, in February of last year, yeah, because we're in February now. I, things were going well. Like I had two other job offers for the summer. I had things set up for even for this year. And I was like, oh, this is going to be the year. And then everything shut down. And um, I kept trying to keep going and stay optimistic and like, okay, well, that's all right. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and write this feature film. And here we are, 2021. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, do this. I'm doing that. Uh, There's a thousand things I was telling friends. I was like, you know what? We have no excuse now. We have all the time in the world. So everything that we wanted to accomplish, we should be accomplishing. And then by month two, I was down in the dumps, like real talk. I was down in the dumps and I realized that I hadn't given myself the opportunity to mourn what was what was happening yeah yeah sure sure um w- w- the way things used to be right that's what you i know, mean yeah, yeah when, when you are used to rehearsing interacting hopping from project to project 
um, walking around freely, uh, all of the little things. All the freedoms that, that we took for granted. All the freedoms that we took for granted. And so having to, to your point of being artists and understanding how to pivot or how to shift is something that we do very seamlessly because we have to do it on stage. Right. We've been on stage where all of a sudden the person that we were rehearsing with for two weeks is no longer there. So now we have to make these micro adjustments to balance the stage right. or to partner with someone. Right. And so even though we're skilled in that, there is something this was this affected everyone and everything. And so I had to give my moment, uh, give myself a moment to really be thankful that I'm here and I'm healthy first but also mourn that I would no longer be working with gr big groups of people anymore. Right. Well, right now. For now. Yeah. Right. For now. For sure, now. Sure. Sure. And, um, and that's been, um, it's, and, and we're here. And we're here. Well, listen, I, I get it. No, and I, I will tell you that, yes, you absolutely are uh, always a very positive person and it's always an inspiration to the people around you. And I, I, I you know, I sometimes lean on you for your, for your positivity as well. Um, so yes, absolutely. But, you know, and I think we all did that. We all had our moment whenever it came during this, the beginning of this, well, quarant well I'll call it quarant well, during quarantine. quarantine um, we, yeah. all had our, we all had our moment where we we had to, we had to just feel that, you know? Yeah, so, so exactly. but I think that's healthy, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so, but I think you're doing great. So tell everybody, uh, really quick, tell everybody, um, how they can get a hold of you or how they can stay up to date with what Ebony Adams is doing. Up to date. Okay. So, um, my website, you can always go to my website. It's my first and last name, ebonyadams.com. Everything that I'm doing is right there, but um, I generally, like everyone, check my Instagram. <laughs> so, and I'll post projects on that I'm, you know, whatever I'm up to on Instagram. Sure. And that is the number one, the number one, one Ebony Adams. Easy. Because you're number one? Is that where that came from? Because I'm number one. Because you're number one. <laughs> well, I just wanted Ebony Adams, but um, there is a phenomenal ebony adams spelled the same way she is a martial artist and she was a star in the movie blade so we're we're actually friends on on social media i love it I get like DMs <laughs> saying are you the martial artist and i'll be like no you better you know and i'm sure she's gotten something like are you the dancer right right, like, right 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 yeah. I love it. Well, listen, thank you so much for taking the time. I, I always love seeing your face and I love talking to you and catching up with you. And I just, um, just really thrilled, thrilled and proud of you for everything that you've got going on. Thank you. I'm proud of you as well. I mean, this is season two of season two. Hey girl. <laughs> hey girl. <laughs> you know, I mean, you remember I used to be saying that around the house all the time. Literally, who knew I, I was going to start a show called Hey Girl. Who knew? You know, but I mean, congratulations on everything. Thank you. All right, girl. Well, listen, thank you so much. Uh, Ebony Adams, check her out. Dancer, choreographer, actress, uh, filmmaker. And the list just keeps going on and on and on. So just check hey. her out. <laughs> I think about Debbie Allen. I think about Debbie Allen. I, yeah. That's who I, I'm just following what the trailblazer Debbie Allen, you know, everything that she's a dancer and, and just expanded her wings from there so i'm like that's where i'm at i'm getting I my think, debbie out i think you're definitely on your way girl <laughs> <laughs> all right guys oh shit all right girls thanks for listening and i hope you <laughs> sorry no, i have to do it again <laughs> that's hilarious i feel like, Jeez, I think I'm, like oh, I'm like bros <laughs> listen no <laughs>
No. All right, girls. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out the HeyGirlPodcast.com. Girl is spelled with a U. Um, for all updates and new, uh, fun new initiatives, we've got a lot of fun things planned for you this coming up in the season two. Um, also, check out our Instagram at HeyGirl.Podcast. And I will be back next week. Ebony, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. All right. Bye.